So I think that's probably what it is. It sounds egotistical, as I say. No, no. Everyone should know what they're good at, though. You should at least have one thing you can sound egotistical about. I agree. And well, and I I don't think it sounds egotistical. I mean, you said, I I saw your bio online. You said you enjoy chess and -hmm. strategy games. So (laughs) those games kind of cultivate the uh, ability to think ahead, consider the options, and determine what you think is the best way forward. Yeah, exactly. Tim, uh, welcome to the second episode of my podcast, um, which I have actually named now. The first episode I hadn't named. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's called um, Who Needs Permission? And oh, it's about, cool. yeah, it's about cool people doing cool things, even when it's hard. And I am so excited to have you as my second guest, very much honorary second guest. Um, <laughs> And just for those listening, Tim and I met back in 2015. He applied for an internship at the company I was working for, and I was the director of that internship and interviewed him and was blown away and hired him and worked with him throughout the summer. And since then, Tim has done a lot of really cool stuff. And so he was definitely on the list of people I wanted to talk to for this podcast. So Tim, welcome. And thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Awesome to be on. I'm really excited that you're uh, you're launching a new project. That's always exciting. Yeah, thank you. So I would just love for you to introduce yourself and tell tell us all a little bit about what it is that you do that I think is so cool. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, so my name is Timothy Zerker. Um, I am the... Uh, well, I originally uh, founded my own marketing agency about eight years ago now, and uh, well, actually seven years, about seven years. I, I get I get ahead of myself. Feels like twenty years, but <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah uh, I founded my own marketing agency uh, back in I think it was 2015, 2016. Did a lot of social media marketing at first, and then it kind of grew and evolved and grew and evolved that. I now am the owner and CEO of A Train Marketing, uh, which is a full service marketing agency. We do marketing marketing for a bunch of different groups, but our our main kind of our our big specialty is the behavioral health uh, industry. Uh, We work with a lot of a lot of different verticals outside of it, but that's kind of our our biggest specialty. It's a huge, uh, huge chunk of our business. And really what makes us different is that we are strategy. That's we we do strategy first. We don't uh, we don't believe in just doing doing stuff for companies and seeing how it works. We're big on knowing that it's going to work before we ever start. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. And if you don't mind, if this if this is, doesn't feel appropriate, please tell me. But would you mind sharing how old you are? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, that is always one of the questions. I have to get that from clients because they'll work with my business development guy who's like in his 40s, right? And then they'll they'll call me and they're like, oh, who let the baby run the company? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I am officially going to be thirty here in like a month, so I am technically still in my twenties. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to um, be operating and doing so many different things uh, at my age. Many people don't expect it, but it's it's not that hard. I think that the title of your podcast is perfect. Who needs permission, right? Well, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you because. I certainly have always felt that the messaging from the workforce is pay your dues, 
Yes. You don't know anything. Like you got to yes. learn first. And I think I really took that to heart. And sometimes I really, um, I'm like, I just have to, I have to wait, but you are someone who did not wait and have been really successful. And like I said, I just think of you as being really bold and brave. Um, and you, <laughs> you're you. a leader, you manage a whole company. I mean, not that age should matter, but I feel like I definitely feel like, especially when we were working together back in 2015, a lot of it was like, how do we help millennials understand that they have to pay their dues and they don't get to yes. just walk in and run the place? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, and I, I've heard that a lot before too, of kind of the, the pay your dues, get experience. Why would I listen to you? You've never done it kind of, kind of thing. And that, I think it's an outdated way of thinking, if that makes sense. I think 50, 60 years ago made a lot of sense to pay your dues. Now really doesn't. The world is big and you can work with anybody anywhere in the world and somewhere your experience is totally unique and totally valuable by itself. So yeah, that's, I think you represent like the best of, um, just that entrepreneurial, you know, side of the millennial slash Gen Z. I know you're kind of more of a millennial. I would I would think if you identify as that, but you I the, think so, yeah. The best of that entrepreneurial spirit, because you know, I started a coaching business. Um, I got coaching certification and started a business, and never in my life did I think I would do that because I like to play by the rules. I like I don't like taking big risks. I'm not a risk taker, so this was yes. like part of my personal growth. And it was so freaking difficult. And I didn't even try that hard. I wasn't even working that hard, <laughs> but I found it to be really difficult. Difficult and scary, right? Yes. I think the big piece is the, the it's scary. It's just scary doing new things. And it's scary doing things that you don't feel like you really have the right to be good at or listen to about. Yeah. Know? Well, and I'd love to talk about that a little bit more with you. So I think, you know, one of the questions I have is, what was it like putting yourself out there in the beginning and saying, I have this company, I, I can do these services? <laughs> it was, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Cause I think, so when we started in, I guess like May of 2016, I had one client already that I'd been working with since the year before, just kind of part-time as I was finishing up my MBA. And I started going out and talking to people and whatever. And a lot of the people were like, family friends or someone I knew that I had met a couple of years ago at some networking event or something like that. Yeah, it was really scary because you kind of have to pretend that you're a full-fledged business, mm -hmm. even though you just got like, even though like the ink on your business cards is still kind of runny, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do stuff, but also don't ask how long I've been doing it or for who else I work for because I have one name. But I mean, I think it, you know, so it, it's scary, but I think it's also really to me, at least, it was really, really exciting because it is, I can invent whatever I want, right? I can say, yeah, that's not something that we do. Or yeah, that's absolutely a service that we offer and just make it up on the fly. Right. If I know how to do the thing, then I can do it. And if not, then I'll say, I don't know how to, and I won't, or I'll look into it and I'll let you know, right? So that was really exciting because it was a ton of learning, ton of learning, because I'd never sold anything before. I had never, I'd run many like organizations through college and stuff like that, like nonprofits and little things like that. But I had never sold anything and I had never sold a service and I had never run a service and I had never run a business or done billing. That was a whole nightmare figuring out the accounting of it. Right. Oh yeah. And so Ugh. it was just a ton of learning. It was a ton of learning. I think I learned more in that year than I ever learned in my whole college for yeah. sure. And where did the the self-belief come from to it's mm. really scary. And I think people like me would say, um, I'm good. 
no thanks. I'm going to keep my full-time job that pays the bills. And on the side, I'll kind of half-heartedly do this. So where did the self-belief and confidence come from? Uh, (laughs) Well, it's nice of you to think I had any. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I don't really think I had much. I think what really what it was is, I I hated the options that were available, right? Mm. The option, the full-time options, right, were like cold call for other marketing agencies, which is not something I'm interested in doing. There was a door mar- a door knocking company. They call you a sales executive, but really just for them oh. knock on doors. It was horrible. Yeah. Oof. The options were just horrible. And like two or three of the options that were like more attractive, not as sad as the previous two, but they were in downtown Denver. And at the time I was in Pueblo and I had no money. And I had a friend that had moved to Denver and started his job at a very similar company and was going into debt every month to pay the rent oh. at his full-time job because he couldn't he couldn't afford because you know Denver's expensive to live. Yeah. And he didn't want to drive three hours commute every day. So he just lived there and he was losing money every single month. And it's like that's oh, it's horrible. Oh yeah, exactly. It's horrible. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go into debt to get a career that I don't enjoy doing a job I don't like. Right. 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 Um and so really the the motivation was if I get six clients at $300 a month, did the math, that's like 30000 a year, I can pay rent and I can buy food. And that was oh the bare gosh. minimum, right? That was really that was really all my goal was because I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I want to do. I can't find any good jobs. So I'm going to do this until I find something. But then I had, I mean, we had six clients in the first month and 12 clients in month two. And all of a sudden, I was making more than anything it had ever had ever offered me. And then eighteen clients month three, and then I hired someone, and then we just kept going and going. And it's it slowly became a dream. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it, like the plan was get a job somewhere, pay my dues, learn, and then start my business because I always wanted to own my own thing. But it just kind of happened, and I was like, oh, I guess I don't need to wait. I guess I can do it right this second. Yeah. What would you say to people who? They hear that and they're like, well, it still would have been good for you to experience cold calling or it still would have been good to X, Y, Z. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think it probably would have been right. It probably would be, it probably would have been awesome if I had, if I had a really mint, like a really seasoned sales director teaching me how to do stuff. I guarantee I would have made less mistakes. I probably would have sold more and I probably would have made making more money right now. Right. But not right now because I would have waited three or four years to start, and so I still would have been where I where I am now five years ago, right? I mean, I, I I don't disagree that experience is valuable by any means. I think the difference is, I don't think it's essential. I think if you have the desire and the tenacity, and I think that's what really is more important than anything else is just I would agree. I'm just gonna do it. It's it's gonna work because I'm gonna make it work, whether it hurts or it takes a long time doesn't matter. If you have that, then you don't have to wait. If you have experience, if you have a great opportunity, cool, go for it. But you certainly don't need to sit around and wait to get going. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I'm a big uh, fan of too, of just try it. Just freaking do it once yeah. and see how it goes, right? I, I was talking to a group, a guy yesterday, or maybe it was a couple of days ago. I don't know. All the days merged together. It was this week. And he is also starting out doing a consulting business. Um mm. Very, very different than kind of like general business or even marketing, very different industry. But he was like, he's like really, he was kind of playing around with it. And he was at that point of like, I don't know what to do. Do I do it? I kind of like my job, but I don't know if it's what I want to do forever. I don't know. And what I said is I said, just, just do it. I said, just do it for free. You don't have to charge anybody. If you don't know if it's worth the whatever, hit up some people on your LinkedIn, 
say, hey, I have an expertise in this. I'm willing to help you. I'm not going to charge anything. I just want to see if I can help. See what happens. And like a week later, he calls me up because that was awesome. I am launching this thing tomorrow. Oh because my gosh. he loved the work. It was super exciting. The people said it was super valuable. He asked them what they would have paid for it if he had made them pay for something. And they were like, oh, at least two, three grand. And he goes, oh my God, I could have made what I make every month in four meetings. Wow. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> of course you can. That's what That's amazing. expertise is expensive. If you really have something valuable, go for it. And yeah. And so I think that's a big thing is just try, you know, there's a lot of ways to make low risk tests in the world. At least there is now. There wasn't back in the day, but there really is now. Yeah. What would you say your expertise is? My expertise is in strategy. It's in taking what a company or a group has and where they want to get to and finding all the little steps in between. I think that's that's where I accept. I can do a lot of other things. <laughs> my, my degree technically is in finance and all sorts of other stuff, but I'm very average at a lot of the other things, right? Mm. That's the place where I really excel is when I can have the conversation of where are you and where do you want to be? And I can see a path very clearly, quickly, and help you map it out, right? So I think that's probably what it is. It sounds egotistical, as I say. No, no. Everyone should know what they're good at, though. You should at least have one thing you can sound egotistical about. I agree. And well, and I I don't think it sounds egotistical. I mean, you said, I I saw your bio online. You said you enjoy chess and -hmm. strategy games. So (laughs) those games kind of cultivate the uh, ability to think ahead, consider the options, and determine what you think is the best way forward. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and I've, I've liked that since I was like six. Those are my favorite games. Yeah. So that's always been how my brain worked. So I think it's it's a skill, but it's, it's also a gift that you have. Mm. It's one of your strengths that is natural, and you've been able to cultivate it in a way that following a traditional path and going into sort of entry level and working your way up, at least in my experience, it takes a very long time for mm. anyone to consider you strategic. <laughs> that's been my experience absolutely absolutely well all you do is answer the phone how can you have strategy right well, all i do is right. answer the phone because that's all you'll let me do right yeah <laughs> it's a very yeah you can know the egg problem yeah have you ever done strengths finder yes i have i have um well i say yes but then don't ask me any follow-up questions because i don't remember any of it i know okay. i've done it i, was Actually, just I think see. we did it in our internship did we I think you facilitated a strengths oh finder. my oh my <laughs> yes i think you did i remember that was the uh, first strengths finder i did and then i've done disc and i've done the color one and i've done all all okay because yeah. t- one of the strengths that i wonder if you have is strategic mm. um, i bet it probably is at least it is now maybe it wasn't back in the internship right that was six seven yeah. years ago, and those change over time yeah, I, they do. And I think, I wonder, because one, I strategic is actually one of my strengths, um, and oh, I yeah. love it, but it can also be very challenging because my head very quickly jumps to the solution, and I have to figure out how to explain to people how I got there. And it can be frustrating, so I'm like, it's so obvious. And they're like, yeah. what do you even know? Like, what are you even talking about? So do you yeah. find do you find that challenge, or have you honed the ability to break it down in a quick way? Yeah, see... I think my struggle is almost the exact opposite of yours, right? So someone, you know, says they have a problem, they need a solution, right? I can think of the general arc of the solution very, very quickly. And then I can communicate it really, really quickly and like paint the picture and inspire them. And, oh my God, that's so much better. That would be incredible, right? And then I will often, especially, I mean, my clients hate it because they, they, they pay me for it. But 
you know, and my friends dislike it too, because I'll be like, this is what you got to do, and this is how you do it. And exactly how you do any one of those things, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how the CRM works. I don't know how whatever. I know it's possible because I've seen it, you know, X, Y, Z ways. I know that this is the thing, the automation I got. I know it's it's out there somewhere. Exactly how it's done, I don't know. Do you check on a weekly basis or a monthly basis? Uh, I don't know. Do you, yeah, you need to hire someone for it probably, but what are, they, what are their skill sets? I don't know. And so like <laughs> I have, does that make sense? So I can, yeah. I can paint the whole thing. But then when it comes to the, the steps of doing it, that's where I struggle. It's not a struggle in marketing because I know all my tools and my, you know, if, if it's a marketing sales problem, I got the solution and I have the actual steps mapped out and ready to go. But when I'm doing, you know, just general like, kind of strategic consulting, that's when at least what I've done is I've learned to really lean on lean on other people's strengths. Mm, so I have mm-hmm. I have team members that are what I would call, you know, organizers or doers that can really go in and actually make stuff happen and remember to do do the thing every week or whatever the the, the activity is. I can't. It's 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 horrible headaches to try to actually do what I decided I need to do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Because once I've done something two or three times, the repetition kills me and I'm tired of it. Yeah. But that's what activating is all about is getting really, really good at doing the same, you know, five things that are high priority over and over again. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I mean, you, you were big picture, um, I, I bet we also did the MBTI in the internship, I, I think, oh, and I yeah, bet I think you were an intuitive, which is the N, which is big picture yep. and intuitives often struggle with like super detail if they're really high, which is funny. Cause I've taken a little bit different path where I didn't have a lot of jobs that valued or, well, I wasn't at the level that that's what you needed to do to do the job. I was at the level that you needed to execute. Yep. So I have become quite the executor. That's good. It's a rare skill too. It was painful Absolutely. developing it. I, I, it's draining to be so detailed, but now I think yeah. I've activated it so much that it's like my go-to is like, okay, we have a plan. We're going to write everything down. We're going to double check. We get to highlight things. So it's yep. funny how I feel like you and I have kind of through our different experiences sort of developed mm-hmm. a little bit differently, but probably yeah, have yeah. some similar strengths. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's I think that's true in most people's cases, right? I don't think I was... I don't think five, six years ago, I was really good at, for instance, I could see the path then, but I was horrible at communicating the path then. The last five or six years, I've gotten better and better and better and better, right? But it wasn't a strength at first Mm -hmm. because it's like, how don't you see it? I see it. Can't you see it? You you have to learn how to get them to see it, you know? Right. What helps you get them to see it? Because I need advice Mm. on that. (laughs) I mean, there's a couple of pieces for me. I think most people think in a really linear path, right? Like like the highly intuitive personality types are really pretty rare. And mm-hmm. it's very, very hard to intuit what someone else has already intuited without them walking you through it, right? Because um, even if, you know, if say, say you and I are highly intuitive, we're looking at the same problem. I'm going to come to a solution and you're going to have no idea how I got there. Even though you're super intuitive too. Right. You would come to a different solution and you couldn't explain to me how you got there, right? Um, and so, like, It'd be so effective together. <laughs> be so effective, yeah, exactly. So, like, for me, what I've done is I've broken down and having, I have kind of several kind of major rules that I use when I'm trying to communicate. And so, like, one of them is always start out with the reasoning behind before you ever say what the solution is. Mm. Always, 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 always. Because if I just say, the answer to your problem, Hannah, is you need to buy XYZ software and it's going to be 10 grand. 
cool, great, there's a solution. I'm not dumping 10 grand on some stupid thing that you just now said, right? right? Unless you really, really trust me, which is the point I get to, right? <laughs> Eventually mm-hmm. with clients, but it's never where you start with anybody. Right. Um, but if I, if instead I said, so I think what you need is a software that can do X, Y, and Z, right? Yes, it is. Cool. You also need it to do A, B, and C, right? Yes, it is. Cool. How much would that make you if we were to have all these processes done? Well, that'd be, that'd be worth 20, 30 grand. Cool. So here's the solution. Bam. All of a sudden, oh, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea because I walked them through it before I ever told them the answer. Does that make sense? Yes. How I think, I think problem, bam, 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 of the things that you need, off we go. Then I work backwards and say, <laughs> what would it save me? What would it be worth? All the other things. That's just not how most people work. So I do that first. And then after we've talked why and the solution, then we talk about the how to get you to the solution, right? In order to do that, it's going to be this much training and this much consulting and got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. Does that make sense? Yes. And what's so cool about that is I would imagine your clients give you the feedback like, man, he really gets us. Like he heard us because you're reflecting back what you hear. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. That is the, I don't know if you, have you ever read the little red book of sales? I haven't. It's old, but it's really, really good because it's all about psychology and Humans haven't changed, unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're the same that we were 50 years ago. We're, we got the same basic, you know, processes in our heads. And one of the things he he talks about, I think, is I think it's him. I don't know. I mix all my theories and ideas together, so I think it's him. But he talks about the ultimate in making a sale. The ultimate, the thing you always want to get to, is describing the problem back to them so well. In their words or your words, doesn't matter. But you describe the problem so well that they say, and it has like in quotes and like all bold underlined, exactly. Because when they get to the point where, wow, he gets it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the solution I come up with, even if I don't walk you through the why, is so much more trustworthy because you get the problem. You actually understand it. Right. And so rarely people, or so often people just say, <laughs> you got a problem? Here's a solution, I think. And then off they go, <laughs> right? And it's maybe good, maybe not. But it burns people over and over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever. The old example, because this is an old book, right, was the, was the carpet salesman, right? Or the, or the vacuum cleaner salesman, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he said, that's the equivalent of a lady saying, I can never keep my kitchen floors dirty. What you need is a vacuum. No, it's not. It's a broom is what she needs. But you weren't listening to the problem. You right. were just saying the thing that you have. Right. I have a vacuum. That's a big difference. I'm going <laughs> to exactly. sell you a vacuum. My vacuum can do that. Exactly, exactly. I can make that thing do what you need too, but that's not what you need, right? Right. But if you understand the problem well enough, then you can come up with a solution that works. You do that over and over and over and over, and people trust you, and people refer you and talk about you, and it's all it's very simple Mm -hmm. if you actually listen ahead of time. But that's the it's a it's easier thing to say than to actually do. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because so I'm a coach. I that's my sort of side project. A yeah. huge like the cornerstone of coaching is listening. Yeah. And checking for understanding. And the reason is we want to make sure that one people feel heard and two we are supporting them as they try to work through their actual challenge and not whatever we think their challenge is. Yes. Exactly. I, I fired a coach two years ago because really? hopefully he's not listening. 
<laughs> I like you still, Jim. Um, oh, but because no. <laughs> but he would do the same thing, right? He would do the same thing. I would start telling him the problem, and he'd say, cool, what you need to do is... Oh, my gosh. And his solution was sometimes on the money and sometimes not at all, which right. made every single time he would say it, I'd just be like, man, freaking kill me. I don't, I don't want to hear the next 30 minutes of the time I'm paying you, you telling me a story of how it works so great for you. Oh my gosh. I bet. I bet it did. It's not the same problem, right? Yeah. It used to drive me nuts. Did, did he have any sort of training or was he just like, I'm a, I'm a coach? You know, I don't know, Hannah. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> because... he did. Maybe he didn't. I have no idea. I don't remember. It was a couple of years ago, so I don't remember. Yeah. So anyone can say I'm a coach and that that means that you get a lot of variation in the quality of coaching and I can tell you another cornerstone of coaching yep. from what I've learned and studied is first of all you don't give advice unless explicitly asked because <laughs> people don't want advice nobody Not wants always. unless they're asking hey I need your advice they don't want to hear what worked for you because their issue is exclusively theirs and psychologically we don't want to be told what to do we don't like it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. The coach I met with yesterday, my new coach, we spent 40 minutes of our hour session talking about the problem and him making sure he understood and asking questions and me explaining why I think this is the right decision, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And him commiserating with me and telling me that it's, yes, that, that makes sense. And I've, I've had this too. And this is how I handled that and all the things. And then at the last like 10 minutes of it was him telling me what he, I should do to help fix it. Mm, right, mm -hmm. and that was worth way more than right. the three hours that I would do with another coach. Yeah, where he explained for two hours, and I'd maybe talk for one. Well, it's not worth it. No, and I would. I think honestly, sorry to Jim, but I think he did the right <laughs> thing. And yeah. I've actually I've stopped working with a coach before when they tried to force a solution on me. Yeah. And it was like, that's not, first of all, you didn't even ask That's I'm never going to do that because I don't want to do that. That's your solution uh -huh. to my problem, but I don't want to do that. I'm exactly. not committed. So the yeah, fact that you're exactly. like trying to hold me accountable to it really makes me lose respect because exactly. that tells me you don't really know what you're doing and, and you, don't really, you don't really respect me as, right. a, as an equal. And I'm just using your experience. You think right. this little kid needs help. Let me tell him what to do. That's not what I pay for. Right. <laughs> exactly. Get that for and, from some old dude on a bus someday, but I don't yeah. want it. I'm not going to pay for it. No. And you, sh you shouldn't, in my opinion, you should be yeah. working to find solutions that work for you because you're the one that's living your life. You're the one that has to live with the choices that you make and the solutions you come up with. And exactly. you have the answers within you. You know, you just Often. maybe need to work through what is going on in your brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I had a conversation with a client the other day and well, and actually they're not a client because I told them not to work with me because what they understood the problem to be was they don't have enough business coming in. Right. And after we actually look at it and talk through it and talk through all the things and I asked a whole bunch of questions and he talked for 90% of the meeting, mm -hmm. he had plenty of business coming in. He needs to restructure his sales department. Ooh. The phone was ringing plenty. It wasn't being used. Right. Oh. But that took an hour long of questions and answers and questions and answers of questions of answers for me to dig into what really the problem is. Right. And I could have just said, ah, you don't have enough business. Let me do some Google ads. And he would have been pissed off in three months because he would have been down 80 grand and I would have oh, been wow. out a client and no one would have been happy. Right. As opposed to fix your sales department and then come talk to me, Jim, then we can help with marketing mm -hmm. whole different problem. Oh, but it's because you didn't listen to the problem all the way, you know? Yeah. You, you sound 
to me, like when you have integrity in how you work, you don't say, <laughs> I try to, yeah. yeah, you don't say I can do this. Oh, you, you don't have it in the back of your mind that this isn't the right solution, but I need to mm. make money <laughs> and this guy's <laughs> going to buy. Um, yeah. I might and, have it in my mind, but I shut that down. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fact, the fact that you, you have integrity. And I think from my experience, it's scary to say no. It's like, it we need all the business we can get. And, but Absolutely. to say, you know, we're not the right solution for you right now, but at the same time, the payoff is probably going to be so much higher because oh, yeah. you've now built trust with this person. Exactly. Exactly. And like, and there's, there's, there's two, <laughs> there's two old Zanes that I love. One is there's lots of fish in the sea, right? Which is this thing they use, they use a lot in dating, but it, it's true in business. Plenty of other opportunities. Just go find another one. Mm-hmm. And also at the same time, it's a very, very small world. Yeah. You're going to run into every single person you've ever screwed. You're going to see him <laughs> every year for the rest That's of your true. life. Right. It just, it, it follows you forever, whether you want it to or not. And someone you piss off tells 10 people and someone you serve well tells maybe one. Right. right. And so it's a lot, it's worth a lot more to turn down business and to give good advice because eventually it'll come back to you. Yeah. That's very true. And Besides, I think... it just makes you feel like you're not, not crap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you're not like on the hook to do something that really, you know, isn't going to work, which exactly you get the money in the short term, but in the long run, it's like, well, hurts everybody. Yeah, it reminds me a lot. Are you familiar with the trusted advisor? Um, Vaguely a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. You kind of remind me of that where there was a, an example of that where mm-hmm. a young consultant and a, and a more seasoned consultant were in a room yeah. trying to sell. And once the person described their problem and asked if they had experience, the older consultant was like, no, we don't. Anything else we need to talk about? And that just like built trust that they weren't yeah. going to try to s- shove a solution down his throat. Yep. They really, they, we don't have experience with that. That's what you wanted to know. So we don't. Exactly. But I think they ended up getting business from them because well, yeah, because they, they were built honest. trust. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think they found a way to help them in some other way. But it, that kind of reminds yeah. me of the trusted advisor, where you're always prioritizing the client's needs over your own. Always. Which I find interesting because what they get into is prioritizing your client's needs over your own ego, which for me mm. is difficult because I want yeah. like I want to be right. I want to be like the hero who doesn't yeah. right. And in this instance, they're like, you need to put that aside. The most important thing is, does it serve your client? Yep. Yep. It's not easy, especially to say, I don't know. I have no answer. I don't know what you should do. That sucks. Cause it makes you, it makes you, uh, accept your own flaws, right? <laughs> it makes you accept your own. Oh, yeah. I don't know enough about limitations. Problem is mm-hmm. exactly. But it works better long run. It looks. It works a lot better than saying you do know how to do something, trying, and then falling on your face. Yeah, I I've actually been trying to say I don't know more often, not to clients necessarily, but <laughs> more to. I'm a consultant too. I don't say yeah. oh I don't know. Um, I might say let me find out for you. But, I always um, exactly. I always say I don't know right now. Give me a second. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know the best option, but you know what? I have some ideas of where to start. I know I, a guy. Let me let me connect again. Yeah, I I try to do that with my team, like teams that I work with, especially yeah. newer consultants. I if we're I yeah. try to really engage them in the process, and then also say, if I don't know the answer, if I, I'm like, I don't know, uh, what do you think? Cause I don't know what is the mm-hmm. best path forward. I've never done this before Absolutely. just for my own practicing, trying to put my own ego aside. Yes. Which is really, really valuable, especially in leadership. And it's really, really rare because I think 
even more so than when the client's paying you, when you're expected to lead a team, it's hard to say, I don't know, direct right. report. I don't know the answer. You tell me. You actually have more experience in this. You know this better. You're whatever. It's really, really hard as a leader, but it is so valuable because it's how you develop people. It's how you develop their confidence. It's how you develop their trust. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, but it's so important. Can you talk a little bit about, so I know you're you're the CEO and owner mm-hmm. of the A-Train Communications, and you have people who are more experienced, have more years of experience than oh, you. Yeah. How is oh. that working with them in a staff? I mean, I know how yeah. I would probably approach it. And I know what would be going on in my head, <laughs> yes. but I'm curious about what, what's that like for you? Yeah. So we've got 10 people on the team total, including me. So nine people report to me in some way, shape or form. Um, I think of the nine I'm trying to think, I think one of them is six months younger than me mm-hmm. and the rest of them are all either older or much older. Like some of them have 20 years of experience on me. Right. Wow. And I mean, how I handle it is, in my mind, it's nothing complex or hard. It's just, it takes mental training, is that I I admit my flaws and my lack of knowledge constantly, constantly, right? I will go into a meeting and I'll say, hey, team, we need to figure out X problem. And Charlie, I think you have the most experience. What do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. And then Charlie talks and I say, cool, it's probably the best experience we're going to get other random ideas from anybody else who doesn't know. Here's a thought I had. I'll go first <laughs> as an idiot. Here it is, right? And then often, and often because I've trained my team and because they know me and they trust me, they'll be like, Tim, that's a horrible idea. That won't work. That'll piss off the whatever, the other vendor because of blah, blah, blah. We can't do that. Okay, cool. Back to you again then. What do you think we should do, right? And my team knows that that's how I operate. So I think that there's kind of been become an unspoken rule of, if I know better, I should say so immediately because Tim will never be angry about it, right? I'll never mm-hmm. get I'll never get my ego in a twist and be like, oh, how dare she? She's yeah. just my assistant. Tell me how to do blah, blah, blah. I've never done that. At least I've never done it visibly, right? There are occasionally mm-hmm. times that it rankles me internally because I'm like, I should have known that. Why didn't I think of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, there, and there are times that someone will come up with a suggestion and be like, oh, I don't think it's a good idea. And I was like, cool, but it is the best idea, actually. We're going to mm-hmm. do it anyway. Sometimes I overroll it, and the team knows that sometimes that's what happens. I'm the boss at the end of the day, and it's all on my head at the end of the day if it doesn't go if it doesn't right. go well, right? But they know that if they come up with a – if they have a better solution, they should say it. And if they don't have a better solution, then they don't say it, right? We are really big on not just poking holes, right? You can poke a hole in a plan if you have a way to fix it. If mm-hmm. you have a way to do it better, you tell us. Anytime, any of the team, always. If you don't actually have a better idea, you just don't like it, then that's not what we're going to do. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're still going to go with the only plan that we have, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, marketing marketing's changing constantly, right? Like mm. every month, some, you know, whole landscape shifting thing happens. Apple just changed how they download emails. Well, that has screwed email tracking all up and it's all messed up, now, right? And so- any client we have an email campaign going for, we have to totally reassess and communicate to the client. You're going to see 100% conversion rates. That's not true. Don't watch it for a second. We got to figure out how to replug our tracking, right? And that's like a thing that came up like this morning in our meeting, right? It was like, <laughs> we're seeing 90% open rates. That's not possible. We don't know what's wrong, right? Wow. 
And right now, we have some okay ideas to fix it, right? We don't have any awesome ones, but no one has anyone better. So we're going with the okay idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes you just can't, you can't sit there and overanalyze. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm just curious. Would you consider yourself a perfectionist? Oh, no. Not at all. <laughs> just curious. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, in some things, yes, right? Some things that I think really matter, they have to be perfect mm-hmm. every single time. But I think that, and I, I, I don't know, this is probably very much colored by my experience because I've been doing so much in the last eight years. I've hit the level of overload where things just have to happen. And whether it's perfect or not, if it's good enough, then it's done and we got to move on. Right. Yeah. Cause like right now we're doing this interview for maybe an hour. When I get off, I guarantee I'm going to have eight or nine new emails I'm going to have to respond to. Mm. And so my email grammar is not always proper. I yeah. don't always remember to end with a sincerely or all the best or, or have a great day. Or I don't always remember to do all the stuff. I try to. Some days I just don't have time. I have to get through 55 emails in one day because I'm going on vacation tomorrow, right? That happens. Mm-hmm. That's happened many, many times. And so I just plow through them. And you know what? If they're not great, they're not great. But it's better than not responding or it's better than being silent or ignoring someone, right? And yeah. so I've had to accept good enough. Whether I, I don't know, I don't know if it, if I, I don't know if that's natural or if it's a learned behavior, but I've had to accept it. I've learned how to accept it for sure. Yeah, and what by accepting good enough, what has mm-hmm. that made possible for you? Oh, so much. I mean, because I'm willing to accept a good enough solution, right, to problems. I mean, we innovate faster than any other marketing agency out there that I know of, mm-hmm. because we don't sit around and analyze it for six months before we decide if maybe we could do a direct voicemail campaign, which is a thing we do now, which, which is hugely profitable. But at the time, it was an idea that occurred to me in the middle of a meeting. And I was like, you know what, client, I have an idea. What if we tried to do something like this? I'm like, oh, yeah, that would work really cool. Cool. How much would it be? I don't know. I'm gonna have to get back <laughs> to you because I just now thought of it, right? And I'm, I'm willing to do that kind of thing. And most agencies just aren't. They're, they're mm-hmm. too scared of not knowing exactly what to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's cool. one thing. But then the other piece is just get up. I just get a lot done. I get a lot of things done every day. Because mm-hmm. I say, yeah. yep, good enough. Moving on. Is all the formatting proper in that Excel sheet? Mm, no. I think there's two different fonts. Doesn't matter. Moving on to the next Yeah. Problem. I think it's always interesting to ask the question, is it usable? <laughs> is it Exactly. Does <laughs> it, it get usable? the point that I needed to cross? Right. Good. Then we're moving on. Yeah. That's cool. I'm a perfectionist and it's really frustrating. <laughs> so <laughs> it is. It is. It's really frustrating. But uh, you know, we've talked about so much. And I'm curious, like up until this point, what has made you successful? Because would you consider yourself conces- successful? Um boy, I don't know. I mean, I would I'd say I'm successful-ish. <laughs> because what I what I consider being truly successful is being in full control of what I do on a daily basis, not mm. having to do the things that I know I'm not excellent at, being able to not work 12 hours a day, right? Oh, Those kind of yeah. things are what I consider being successful. And I, I don't honestly think I'm there yet, right? I'm still having to do some things that I'm not really great at because I can't afford to hire a CFO, right? And so I, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm, I'm there in my mind, right? Farther ahead than a lot of people, far behind other people, but I don't think I'm, I'm quite there. I, I think that what's gotten me where I've gotten, which is fairly successful is what I'd probably say, is I think it goes back to the tenacity 
and the mm -hmm. just not being scared of trying stuff. Yeah. Because there's hundreds of things that I have just tried and it was horrible and it didn't work and I got to move on to the next thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's like five or six things that I tried that went really, really well and have propelled me here. But the failures really, really can hold you down and slow you back and slow you down and drag you down unless you have that tenacity of just, it doesn't matter. I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Period. It's going to. And that's kind of been my mentality for, for forever. Not always. I have days where it's just like, man, I suck and this is too hard and I can't do it and I'm not going to be able to do it. Right. But generally they, they don't last very long. Yeah. <laughs> I generally work on that and I, I don't keep that mentality for very long, but. Do you have things that you do to help manage that mentality? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. A bunch of them. I mean, I'm a big fan of, uh, have you ever read Think and Grow Rich? I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't. It's another good one. Add it to the list for sure. And actually that would be better for you and your role as, as, as a consultant. It's okay. actually way better because it's about, it's about framing the world in the way that you want the world to work, right? So saying, yeah. not saying, oh, the problem is so big. I don't know that I can do it. Well, of course you can't. If that's how you're acting, then no, you're never going to. You're not going to because you're not even going to try because you're tired and you don't want to try, right? Mm. Whereas saying, that's a big problem, but I can do it. I've done it before and I'm going to do it again and it's going to happen and here we go. You're probably going to solve the problem, climb the hill, whatever the issue is. Eventually, it might take a long time. It might be really, really hard, but you're going to if your mentality is that you're going to. And so there, there's a couple of things that I that I try to do and I'm not by any means 100% successful at any of these. But I mean, one of the things is that I try to frame, I try to frame problems or just how I, how I talk about myself to myself mm. in very careful ways, right? Instead of just saying, wow, that was a stupid mistake. Why did you do that? You're so stupid. Frick, why can't you get this right, <laughs> Timothy, right? Which I often would have that thought. It is instead, shoot, that was a mess up. Good thing I saw it. I'm never going to make that mess up again. And then I move on, right? And it's about forgiving your past mistakes so you can focus mm -hmm. on what's going forward. And it's about not letting yourself, not letting yourself or anybody else beat you up so that you can't keep going. Does that make yeah. sense? And so I think that yeah. that's one of the big things. And that's about, that's about everything. It's how it write. It's how I write out my goals. It's how I focus when I'm talking to my team. It's not about, man, you guys messed that up again. That is so freaking typical. Why can't you get this right? It is, okay, that was a really stupid mistake. We all made it. I'm responsible for it because I didn't tell you about it ahead of time. How are we going to make sure it never happens again? Moving on immediately. Acknowledge it. Yep. Stupid. And right on to the next thing. I don't care. And it, it does annoy my team occasionally because they want to play the blame game and be like, now, Tim, make sure you remember that's not my fault. Ugh, nope. Don't care. It happened. And any one of us could have seen it happen mm -hmm. and could have double-checked their, their other team members' work. None of us did. How are we going to make sure it never happens again? Mm -hmm. period. That's it. It's all that matters. So I think that's a major one. And then the other piece too, is that, and this is something newer I'm trying is it's uh, it's having a daily mantra, a daily thing that kind of helps you set your expectations of the day and your expectations of yourself for the day, which I think really helps mm -hmm. I, so far. I've been doing it for about a month and I really, I really enjoy it. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a mix between a meditation and positive self-talk and uh, what's the other when you just think it and the universe does it, 
I can't remember what that's called. A manifestation. Manifestation. It's a mix between all of those, right? And I'm not superstitious by any means. I, I am I am a Christian. And so several of my like daily things that I have the uh, that I, I say are actually prayers and thanking God for this and this and this and this and this. And that helps me with the next daily mantra is I will have a good attitude about today, period. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't matter if I'm tired or I know there's a horrible meeting I have to go to. Doesn't matter. I'm going to have a good attitude about today because I'm so blessed and all these other things. So I'm going to, right? So I think that's a big one. That's a big one. Wow. I feel like you helped me just now understand why I struggle so much to get personal projects done because <laughs> I, my mindset is all about all of the barriers in the way. Like yeah. I was working with my Which coach. Which is natural. That's, that's how we think. Yeah. I, I was working with my coach talking through next steps for my podcast. Yeah. And we were like, she was like, imagine it's done. What will it be like? And I'm like, I can't even imagine it. Like I can't, (laughs) I can't, I'm scared. I, there's so much that has to be done. There's so much opportunity. It feels overwhelming. And I, I think you said it was think and grow rich. I, I'm going to check that out because I'm, I'm really familiar with mindset work and gratitude. I know it is so powerful. I just don't prioritize it. And I think you are a good example of how you consistently work at keeping yourself moving and motivated. Well, I tried to, I tried to, when I was growing up, I was super, super dyslexic uh, to the point where I, I couldn't read. I was reading like cat sat on a mat. Do you remember those books when you're like learning mm-hmm. the, the early words and rhyming the three letter words? Cause that's as much as you could do. I was doing that at 13, right? Mm. I couldn't read. I couldn't read at Like, I think I was, I think they said, I think it was like, I was kindergarten level reading at 13. Right. Oh my gosh. And so and so, like, I could have done a lot of negative talk, right? And I did often. I was, a, I was a stupid teenager. Of course I did. But I think my my mom and my grandma and my dad and my grandpa were super, super focused on doesn't matter. You are still a genius. You're still smart. You're still so cool. You're still so intelligent. <laughs> you still can do all these things. Look at how great you are at all these other things. Focus on what you can do, and and we're going to figure out how to make you be able to read because you have to be able to read somehow. We're going to figure it out, period. And they did. I mean, I got I probably worked with one, either my mom or my grandma, every single day for five, six hours on just reading for probably four or five years wow. until I can until I could actually read. And then eight years later, I I was in college, straight A's, and six years after that, I had my full MBA, master's, bachelor's. And and a minor with all the honors, right? And it's not just because I thought about I thought about achieving things, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's not what it's about. It's about refusing anything that isn't success. Period. It's gonna happen, Dang. no matter what. It might take forever. It might be exhausting, but it's gonna happen. That's the only mindset I could survive with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, but that's necessity. Necessity brings strength almost yeah. always. Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to ask is something I think about is I have wanted to be respected for my intelligence, knowledge, (laughs) and expertise for so long. And it's like only now, only now, and I'm 31, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not much older than you, but um, only now do I feel like maybe I'm starting to get there and I'm starting to get on projects that I think are really interesting. And I, I, I have a hard time with coaching. I feel like people don't understand it and they don't really see the value in it. They don't see why it's different from other, they don't see why my style is maybe better than others. Yeah. 
So all that's to say, so once I'm starting to finally get that recognition, I want to like hang on to it and be really proud and, <laughs> and like, you know, look, yeah. look at younger people and be like, I earned I this prestige. You can do it someday, but not at, like me. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> like as much <laughs> as I want to do that, I also want, yes. I don't want to be someone who tries to hold other people down by saying like, you need to do X, Y, Z. And I think so often I have been like, well, here's the path and you have to follow it. I've gotten a lot better with coaching about like, there's all kinds of paths and explore Mm -hmm. exploration and, you know, being very more, more open-minded, but how can you and I looking at those who come after us, create opportunities for them to grow and not make them feel like they have to wait to do meaningful work? Yeah. I mean, in my mind, because I, I've thought about that too. I've actually thought about this too, because the mantra of pay your dues and whatever is so toxic and I, I hate I hate it so much. So I, I've thought about how do we avoid that too, right? In my mind, there's two or three ways, right? I think one is I think we have to tell our tell our stories and be honest with our regrets and our mistakes. I think that's the big, big thing. And I say we as in you and I, but also we fellow listeners, right? Anybody who's like made it. And I, I, you can't see my hands, but big quotation marks made it, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people would say that I've made it. A lot of people would say that you've made it, oh. right? Oh, thanks. Well, they would. They would. Thanks. I think you've made it, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's always how it is, right? Yeah. Um, that's always how it is. But I think that's the point, right? Anybody below you, in terms of success or money or wealth or, uh, you know, acknowledgement or anything else is like, wow, they did it. Right. And being honest with, it wasn't easy. It did hurt. I failed a lot. Let me tell you about all the times I messed up. Right. Mm -hmm. Being honest about those makes it feel not unattainable. A, I think. And then the second thing would be to be willing to offer a hand up. And generally, the hand up, everyone is always like, it was always like, it was like, oh, you could make an introduction for something. Yeah, sure, I could do that. I'd be happy to do that. If that's, if someone hits me up, I don't think I've ever turned down random people from college or I, I often get this feel from my college, but like, you know, five years behind me are like, hey, would you mind? Like, I don't, I, I'm trying to get into this. Do you know someone? Blah, blah. Always, always. And I might have failed on this once or twice, but like 99% of the time, if that comes to me, whether it's an email or a call or a, or a LinkedIn message, if it's a call, it's really impressive because people our age and younger really hate the phone. No, I was like, yeah. damn, yeah. you probably had a small panic attack before you called. That's impressive, <laughs> right? Um, I, I help. I do whatever I can, right? I said, yes, absolutely. I will make an introduction. Or yeah, sure. Well, you can be an intern. I don't know what you'll learn here, but yeah, absolutely. We can, we can try to do something, right? But I think often it's more than make an introduction or something like that. It's, it's giving real genuine advice and actual time. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's what people don't understand is they think that, you know, kids just graduate out of college or only a, only in their career, a couple of years, they need, they need help in introductions or money or resources or something. No, often they just need some time. They just need mm-hmm. someone above them in experience and whatever it is to just tell them to walk them through, to help coach them. Right. right. Um, if you charge for your coaching, that's a little different, right? Because like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I can't do it for free, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I do but, it I mean, for free these days, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, I mean, I, I do that, right? Like, my my hourly billable as a, for official consulting, right, is like 280 
I don't charge the high school student that wants to get into marketing and isn't sure if you mm-hmm. should actually get a degree, but my mom knows your sister and she said I should reach it out, right? I'm not I'm not charging him anything. I'm not making a dime on it. I'm losing money because I'm not pursuing things Billing, that would yeah. make me money. But it makes sense. I want to help. I want to do whatever I can. And it's often not a ton, but I'll do what I can. I'll give the advice I can, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's just what we have to do. But I think generally it's a time thing. Just be willing to invest a couple hours. Most people are pretty, the more they think that you've made it, the less they are willing to ask for advice, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the more like burden they think it is on them. And so it's not like it's ever unreasonable, right? The most like time consuming person I've helped that was like that of like someone that was trying to get a foothold in the industry and stuff. I think I spent maybe two hours total, right? And they were super appreciative. And I did help them find an internship and stuff. And like, that was worth way more than two hours to me because I feel really good about helping. Yeah. Right. Besides that, if I help them, right. Give it 10 years and they'll be worth a lot. And I can, I can call in a favor, right. Yeah. I can get an intro yeah. out of it. Um, you never know. You never know. Well, we're, we're young, right. You and I both have at least 20 years left in our career. Yeah. That's a lot of other people's full careers that can still be built and we can still help each other out later. You know, life yeah. is long and the world is small. Right? You <laughs> so never know. Three. Yeah, you it's might, a big world uh, and it's a small world and life is really long. So That's true. It's three. And you never mm-hmm. know if the person who was your internship leader would reach out <laughs> years later and want to exactly. interview you. And exactly. uh, I will say, I did want to mention, I remember when I met you. I you were you say you you don't feel confident or you at the time you didn't feel confident but I remember you came in and you said my name and you said um, the other person's name and you shook our hands you looked us in the eye and I was like whoa this is <laughs> this is different like we this sort of presence is usually not what we find at this age group <laughs> um, so I just remember being yeah. like wow he and you had a great interview and so I remember that and I remember working with you and and at the time I knew you kind of wanted to go off and do your own thing of some sort like you. Mm-hmm. And Taylor, who yeah, yeah. I would love to talk to as well, had great ideas and ways that you wanted to do things that were very different from the way I was doing things. And so yeah. I'm glad that hopefully I, I didn't uh, <laughs> make you feel like you had to stay to the path. But I'm very glad that you, <laughs> no, um, no. you've you gone your own way and, and I get yeah. to talk to you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And I mean, I think it's an example, too, of for young people that might ever listen to this, right? It really doesn't take a lot to stick out of the pack, right? No. <laughs> a firm no. handshake and making eye contact, how hard is that? Is that worth a job or an interview? Come on. It, it's not that hard. It sucks. Yeah. You don't feel like you should. You don't feel right. You don't feel confident. You just do it. And figure yeah. out what works. You know? I remember it. I remember I was like, wow, I... Yeah, little things like, can be super memorable sometimes. Just the presence, and I think you were very prepared for the interview. So I was, yeah, oh. I, I remember it and was thinking, yeah, I think we, we got to hire him. Um, well, thank you. That's yeah, good. yeah. Makes you so good. But thank you so much. And also, the last thing I just want to say is yeah. I, I appreciate you seem to me very humble. Um, you have a lot of, you come off with a lot of humility and I will say I was intimidated asking you because I was like, this guy is busy. He's like a CEO and a owner. I'm sure his time is very valuable and Uh, you've been really generous and that just, you, you, I, I imagine being on your team is very exciting because there's a lot of invitations to participate in problem solving and you are, you seem very, um, humble and a good leader. So I'm just, uh, (laughs) I'm delighted to kind of get a, a close look at how things have developed for you. 
Well, thank you. That that's really sweet. It's really sweet. I don't I don't often think of myself as humble, but maybe that's more humble of me to not think of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You can get I'm a incredibly humble. Humility. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> High top strength. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I, ask my wife. I don't think she'd say. I don't think she would. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can't win everybody. No. Well, thanks so much. And I, I have to ask, do you go by Timothy? Because I called you Tim. Oh, yeah. No, I go by either, actually. Okay. I, I, I do not care. I do not care. Yeah. Tim is totally fine. Most, I think most of uh, most people call me Tim. I always introduce myself, full thing, fun psychological hack. People with longer names and with a middle initial are perceived as more intelligent. <gasps> Really? Yeah, it's been proven in like four or five studies. And so anytime my signature is always Timothy A. Zerker. Brilliant. Not really because like I'm super prestentious and I want you to know my middle initial. No. But when random people see my initials or see my actual full name, it sounds like I'm more official than I am. Fun fact. It's it's stupid, but it's one of those little psychological things that people think about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, no, Tim is fine. Okay, cool. I don't care. I don't care. You can call me just about whatever you want to call me. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Tim. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I do absolutely like calling him Mr. Tim. It was really cute. Uh, Yeah. I have a nephew. I have a nephew that said that one time. I said, "Um, oh, no, (laughs) no, no, that's not. No, no. That would be a teacher. That's not me. We don't have to do formal here. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. It It's fun to catch up and, uh, yeah, I'm 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 excited to I'm excited to listen to your full series once it publishes. Oh, thank you. And you're you're married. I yeah, I saw yes. you got married a few years ago, right? Yep, yep. Uh we just had our second anniversary a couple of months ago. Um uh, I've been I've been with Annika for eight years now. Wow. Eight years now. Yeah, yeah. I started dating her the year awesome. before. Yeah, the year before I did the internship and uh, with, with you actually. So yeah, I've been with her for a long time. But yeah, it's it's great. I, I don't think I could have achieved what I've achieved without her and her support yeah. either because talk about smart i i, I landed myself a good one <laughs> yeah well congratulations on two years for when you said well, we just you. had our second i was like child but oh no like, no no <laughs> two <laughs> I kids like, already I did not do my research at all no 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 kids yet no kids yet. <laughs> okay not well, even a good. dog we're not even we're not even ready for yeah food. no there's no no way we have time right now yeah well that's very cool congratulations Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Um, Take care. Yeah. Hopefully we can continue to keep in touch. I follow you on LinkedIn, so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yes, I follow you too. So, yeah, perfect. Thank All you right. so much. Have a good weekend. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.